the first now. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, from the waters lifted me, now same am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Amen. Let's turn around, shake hands, and fellowship. Welcome our visitors.
Let's remain standing word of prayer. Good to have those that are visiting with us tonight, and we got several that are visiting with us, and we are glad that you're here. Going to introduce some of our guests to you in just a few moments, but I appreciate all of you being in the midweek service. Let's remember all the things going on around here tonight. Of course, our youth services, the uh, uh, high school group is having their midweek service. Junior high is having their midweek service. Also, the Awana banquet is tonight, and all the Awana workers and leaders are in the banquet tonight, so we'll remember them and then of course all the things after service have the spiritual growth class which is focusing up on the family building your maid's self-esteem that's after the service tonight so a lot of things going on we want to be praying for and ask the lord to bless as well as the service in here so joy to have terry jones with us tonight terry come up here and lead us in prayer we're going to schedule him and get him back here in the next little while and we have supported him for a number of years serving the lord in costa rica and and many of you may remember we took a group to costa rica several years ago and we went by terry's one day and he's a blessing and appreciate him being here and his son future daughter-in-law is here tonight terry good to have you with us say a word and us in prayer. appreciate your prayers as we've um we've mentioned several times in our prayer letters uh, asking you to pray for folks in costa rica and uh, i'm look anxious to come back and show you some slides and show you some of the fruit that abounds to your account in heaven because you've been faithful to pray and to give uh, to just stand by us in the work, and we appreciate you so much. And it's a, it's a joy to be back at Temple. Looking forward to some good fellowship, uh, some good singing, and some good preaching. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you, for Lord, for all your blessings. Lord, as you know, we're not worthy of one single blessing. Lord, we're not even worthy to call on your name. But, Lord, through the blood of Jesus Christ that you've given so freely, saved us and made, given us the power to become the sons of God. Lord, because of that blood, we come into your presence tonight, thanking you and praising you because everything we have is from you. Lord, we pray for your blessings on the services tonight, Lord, and all the aspects of the ministries of this church and the, the youth, the Awana. Uh, Lord, in this service tonight, we'll be with the singing, be with the preaching, be with the fellowship. Lord, let all things be done for your honor and glory. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just keep trusting my Lord. Page 322. Don't put those books up. <clears throat> Oh, the 
Set of ushers come forward to receive our offering, and we appreciate everybody's patience through all this construction. The Lord willing, this will be the last night that we'll have any problems getting in our normal way, but uh, they're moving right along, and, and uh, what I'm sharing with me today, they are target date. They think they'll be completely done by the end of next week, so I'm excited about that. Amen? Are you? Great. You're going to like everything when you see it all done. But let's give tonight. Everything you give goes to the Bible conference, and we are just weeks away, just weeks away from the conference, and several have already called in, and things are filling up fast, and your giving is enabling us to be able to provide lodging and take care of food and, and all the things that we do to uh, make the conference what it is. So you give. It's a ministry. I, it's more than us just having a meeting. It's a time for us to receive, but it's a time for us to be a ministry and to minister to others. So I appreciate your giving. All that you do, this is something very special to my heart, and I'm extremely grateful uh, for your giving in this matter. Let's pray, and you give tonight. The Lord will bless you for it. Father, thank you now for all that you're doing. We thank you for how you're providing needs for all that we're doing. We ask you, Lord, to continue to meet needs and to continue to bless. Now, we pray tonight for the Bible conference. And, Lord, I pray that you bless everything about it. I pray that you provide for it. Bless the meeting. Touch Brother Tom. Touch each one that will speak morning, night, for the many, many guests that will be coming in, as well as our own hearts. May we all receive something from you in a very special and a very unique way. Now, thank you, Lord, for the giving of the people of God through this year to be able to do all that we do. I pray you bless the offering tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. We also have visiting with us tonight, Joseph Holly. Brother Joseph, if you would come, please. He's going to the country of Cuba, 
and uh, he's from New Orleans, and he's with us tonight. I want him to say a word about what he's doing. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. I have been here before. It's been ages ago, back when I was about this high. Um, our good friend, uh, good personal friend of mine, Karen Leger, I know is supported very heavily out of this church, and I know she appreciates y'all's support. And uh, her parents just live about three blocks from my parents, and we've known, I've known her for about 20 years, I guess now. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be here, just traveling through. I'm going to uh, to New New York for about six weeks of meetings. Um, my sending church is Grace Baptist Church in Marrero. That's New Orleans area's preacher mission. I'm going to Cuba. I've been on deputation now full time for about two and a half years. I have 60% of my support. I've been to Cuba three times now. I speak Spanish, I guess you would say fluently. If you don't speak it, I say I speak okay enough to communicate. I had five years between high school and college. I went to college at Oklahoma Baptist College in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and graduated there in 1997. And I had the opportunity to be involved in a number of ministries there as well as the Spanish church. Um, give you a little bit of my, my testimony. I was saved at the age of five, almost six years old, June 13, 1981. My dad led me to the Lord in our home, and I grew up going to church, went to Christian school, and then, as I mentioned, I went to Bible college. The Lord called me to be a missionary when I was 11 years old, and I remember we had like a missions conference type week. I don't remember who preached. I don't remember what sermon was about. I don't remember the missionaries or anything. I just remember that I was sitting down here about the second row, and one night the Lord spoke to my heart about being a missionary. And I didn't, I was 11 years old. I didn't know you're supposed to come up and tell the preacher and shake his hand and say, God's called me to be a missionary. You know, we're supposed to tell the church. I had no, that didn't enter my mind, but I knew what God wanted me to do. And I kept that, the Lord's kept that call in front of me. I took Spanish before I knew the Lord was calling me to Cuba. And I appreciate for how the Lord's led in different things like that in my life. And uh, tell you a little bit about Cuba. There's 11 million people that live on the island. Of course, it's communist. Uh, it's just next door to the United States of America, one of the closest foreign countries to us that's not actually bordered, that doesn't actually border us. But at the same time, it's a completely different world down there. A lot of people have all these questions. Well, how do you do this? How do you do this? Well, it's nothing like you do it here in the States, and it's nothing like you do it in other countries because it's communist, and it's not just like, oh, you just go down to the grocery store and go up and down the aisles and get what you want. No, things aren't quite that easy. The biggest uh, obstacle we have right now is that on as far as obtaining a visa, you can obtain a tourist visa pretty quick. You pay $15 at the airport, they give you the piece of paper. You're legal for 30 days. Once you get there, you can get it stamped to add another 30 days. Then you have to leave the country. But that makes it hard to, when you're flying in and out constantly, to maintain complete, um, like living on the field. Now you can leave and come back the same day, but still you've got to pay a couple hundred dollars in airline tickets to leave and come back that same day to sleep in your own bed at night type thing. And then there's a lot of other obstacles to foreigners. But at the same time, people ask me, they say, you mean the doors are open to Cuba? You mean you can go as a missionary now? Well, no, the doors aren't open. There's a couple windows we climb through right now. That's the honest truth. Um, there's ways you can go in and out. There's ways to take in uh, Bibles and tracts. You have to be fairly discreet about it. Um, you want to look like a tourist and act like a tourist so they'll think you're a tourist and not think you're a religious person coming to bring all this stuff into the country and the churches that are there some of them have been there for a long time and there's several that I got to be in this last time when I went the end of June that are really excited about what the Lord's doing in Cuba now and also the prospects of being able 
to do more things. There's one church I was in in the southwestern part of Cuba. They have about seven missions that are started out of that one local church that they're starting in just little different villages around their town. And it's a blessing to see the churches in Cuba excited already about reaching their own people and how they've stayed faithful and true to the word of God over the 40 years now that communism has been in power. I appreciate your prayers if you pray for me. Thank you. I'm thankful tonight that someone cared enough about me to tell me about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for this brother going to Cuba to tell those there about the Lord and about salvation. And as the pastor mentioned Sunday in his message about uh, what Christ said to the church at Ephesus, he says, uh, I have somewhat against thee because I has left thy first love. And um, it really should speak to our hearts tonight about thinking about, about the time when the Lord saved us and how we felt then and how how wonderful it seemed that the Lord would die to save us and uh, we might tonight as Christians as his children pray this prayer and uh, the song says it Lord give me a spirit of brokenness Intentions are never 
to stray but my flesh is weak and I'm so prone to fall like a child I go my own way till I hear deep down inside saying go back to Calvary again there you'll see my arms open and my body broken then surely your drifting will end. Lord, give me a spirit of brokenness like you gave when I first called a great song. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 22 and I just want to share with you a thought for a few moments before we head in different directions but uh, I want you to look at a familiar chapter and there are two verses of scripture that I'm going to point out to you and then we'll focus upon uh, the scriptures that are around it but I want to think tonight about this thought the Lord will provide. How many of you tonight really believe that God will provide? You believe that? Now, we often say God can provide. But I want to remind you tonight that God will provide. I want you to stand as we honor the reading of His Word. I want you to look at verse 8 and verse 14. And I want you to notice in these two verses the emphasis that is placed upon a God that provides. Genesis 22, verse 8, the Bible said, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. I skip down to verse 14, and again the emphasis is upon the provision of God. The Bible said in verse 14, and Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, 
in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now let me read those two verses again. Verse 8 says, My son, God will provide. Verse 14, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen, or in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Thank you. you may be seated. And tonight, for just a moment, let's think about this story, or just think about this thought of God being a provider. Our Father tonight, in Jesus' name, I am very, very much aware that never do we gather together that there is not needs among the people that assemble. I know, Lord, as we meet here tonight, there are needs in many of lives, if not all. And I know those needs vary, and I know those needs are different. But yet one thing I'm absolutely certain of, and that is that you can provide and you will provide our need. We are assured in your word and we're assured by the promises of God, the multiplied promises of the Lord, that you will provide. And Lord, even in this story tonight, we have a wonderful testimony of the provision of God, a wonderful testimony that you can provide. So Lord, tonight, speak to somebody's heart. Maybe somebody has a need. Remind them tonight in a fresh way. Meet them where they're at and help them to realize tonight that God can provide. So, Lord, we ask you now to open our hearts and we'll thank you and praise you for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, Genesis 22 is one of those special chapters in the Bible. Now, I realize that every word of the Bible is the Word of God. And I do not doubt one word of this book from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. It's all the Word of God. And I realize that every chapter, every verse, every word has been inspired and preserved by God. But as you know, there are some chapters and some verses that just become special to us. John 3.16 is one of those special verses. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I could go on. And there are many chapters. And Genesis 22 is one of those unique chapters. One of these days, I'm just going to just preach for several weeks just out of this one chapter because there's so many wonderful thoughts in Genesis 22. But in this familiar story, we see declared a wonderful truth about God. You not only see declared a wonderful truth about God, but you see demonstrated a wonderful truth about God. Abraham declares this wonderful truth that God will provide. And not only does Abraham declare that truth, but God demonstrates that truth by providing in this story. Now, you're familiar with the story. It all begins in verse 1 when God moves in a direction of Abraham to tempt him, as verse 1 would say. We would read it to test him. And God begins a test in the life of Abraham. His whole life has been one of tests. And God is now bringing him to the biggest test of his life. And it's a test that would involve him being obedient to God being obedient to God in an unprecedented fashion, being obedient to God to the point that he would take his son and would be willing to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. That's the background. We are very, very familiar with the story. But in verse 14, there is a unique name that is given to God. And it's one of the many compound names of God in the Bible. They don't always show up as clearly in our English Bible as we see in this chapter. But there are many compound names of God. And I say compound, 
meaning two names of God brought together to form one name. And in verse 14, we find one of those compound names of God, and it is the name Jehovah Jireh. And the name simply means the God that provides or the Lord will provide. Or as it says in verse 14, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Or to put it another way, he will see to it that it comes to pass or he will provide. So when you talk about God, you're talking about a God that's revealed himself in many ways through his names. And one of the names of God is that he is Jehovah Jireh. That he is a God that will provide. He is a God that will see that it comes to pass. Well, I want to remind you tonight for just a few moments that God can supply your needs. And not only can, but God will supply your needs if certain conditions are met. Now again, I don't know your need tonight. I do believe and am aware tonight that no doubt there are many needs in this room. I know some of your needs, and you have called me and asked me to pray with you about various things. So I know some of your needs, and I know some of the things that some of you are going through. I do not know all the needs that are represented in this room. There may be, I'm sure there's many different kinds of needs. There may be in some case uh, someone here tonight with a financial need. I've had calls this week. People come by to see me with financial needs in their life. Almost every week of my life, some kind of communication, contact with somebody with a financial need. It may be that you're in that situation tonight. It may be that you have a financial need in your life. There's a need that you're praying and asking God to supply. Your need tonight may be emotional. You see, a lot of times our needs is not financial. We're doing well financially but we're not doing well in other areas. And sometimes our need is an emotional need. We all get to the place in life at one time or another where we have difficulty handling what we're going through. And what may bother me may not bother you, and what may bother you may not bother me, but somewhere every one of us at one time or another has had difficulty coping with what we were going through and handling the pressure or the stress or the situation that we were in. We've all been there. And sometimes the circumstances of life and the situations we are going through deplete us of all of our ability to be able to cope with it. And so there may be an emotional need in your life. And we could go on. It may be a marital need. It may be a spiritual need. You just name whatever need it is. It's very possible that any need you can mention would be represented in this room tonight in somebody's life. But here's the point, and here's the message I want you to get in this midweek service. God is a God that can supply your need. He is a God that can provide. And it's so declared and so demonstrated here in this wonderful story. Well, let me just point out three things from the text that are characteristics of God's provision in our life. I believe as we look at the story here, there are three simple little truths we can draw out of the story that I believe are characteristic of God's provision in our life. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the God that will provide. He is the God that will see to it that it comes to pass. He's a God that provides. But I believe that these characteristics are true about God's provision, and we find them in the chapter. Three of them, let me point them out to you briefly. The first thing is this. God provides the right thing. Now, when we talk about God supplying or providing, we're talking about a God that provides the right thing. Now, here's the story. And Abraham had a need in his life. In Abraham's case, he needed a sacrifice. 
In Abraham's case, he needed a ram. And that's precisely what God provided. He was about to offer his son. He's about to give, his only, give that son that had been given to him by God and give that boy back to God and by even taking his boy's life. And what Abraham needed was a sacrifice. He needed a ram. And that's precisely what God provides for in this chapter. Now listen to me carefully tonight. God knows your needs. I said a moment ago, I know some of your needs, but there may be some needs here tonight that I am not aware of. But I want you to understand something. God knows every need represented in this room. He knows your needs. He knows my needs. There's not a thing in my life that he doesn't know. There's not a need in my life that he's not aware of. There's not a thing about you he does not know. There's not a need in your life that he is not aware of. God knows our needs, and He knows exactly what I need. He knows exactly what I need, and I want to remind you tonight that that is precisely what He will supply in your life. You see, when God provided for Abraham, He provided the right thing. He provided him a ram. And God knew what his need was, and that's precisely what he supplied. God knows what your need is, and that's precisely what God will supply. Now, if you need strength, then that's what God will give you. If you need peace, then that's what God will give you. If you need wisdom, that's what God will give you. If you need guidance, that's what God will give you. If you need money, I pray God to give it to you, and then you can tithe off of it. Say amen right there. But no, he, whatever it is, he knows your need and he will supply precisely what your need is. God provides the right thing. Second of all, not only does he provide the right thing, but he provides in the right place. I want you to get this. I read through the chapter again today. And this time, I was struck with the number of times it talks about the place. I want you to look at it, for example, verse 2. In the middle of verse 2, he says, Get thee into the land of Moriah. Notice the latter part of verse 2. Upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. In other words, God is not only telling Abraham uh, what he's going to do, that he wants him to offer his son as a sacrifice, but he's also telling him where he wants that sacrifice to be made. So he tells him in verse 2, I want you to leave. I want you to go to one of the mountains that I'll tell thee of. The latter part of verse 3 said that he went unto the place of which God had told him. Latter part of verse 4, he saw the place afar off. And then verse 14, we read a moment ago, it was in the mount of the Lord. Now listen to me. You see God providing the right thing. But it is very, very important to realize that God provided the right thing in just the right place. He provided for Abraham on the mount of God. He met Abraham's need in the place that he had appointed. Abraham's need was supplied in the appointed place of provision. He was brought to a certain place. He followed God. And as he followed God and came to the place God had sent him, it was in that place that God supplied his need. I really believe this about God's provision in our life. So oftentimes we say, well, I prayed and asked God to meet my need, but he didn't meet my need. Now it may be that you're not in the right place for your need to be met. 
You see, in order for God to prove himself as a God that provides, then it's very, very important that you be in the right place. Now, I realize that a lot of times in situations in our life that God has to bring us to a certain place in order to meet our needs. And sometimes he brings us to a place to show us that he can meet our needs. Well, again, verse 1 said that he was tempting Abraham, putting him to the test, schooling him, and making him come uh, to an awareness of certain things about God. Every day of his life was a learning experience. I met several of the kids tonight talking about their school and seeing them do their schoolwork and things. Well, life was a constant schooling for Abraham. And God was bringing him from level to level and place to place to place. Now, it could be tonight that you're, the very situation you're in is a situation God wanted you in. He may have brought you to where you are. He may have stuck you right in the middle of your place of need. Why? It may be that he wants you to learn that he is Jehovah Jireh. And sometimes God brings us to such places in order to show us that he can meet our needs. But I want you to understand something tonight that in order for God to meet our needs, we have got to be in the place of God. You've got to be where God wants you to be. You can't live like the devil and expect God to act like a father in your life. And you can't, come, you can't just be out of the will of God and have no place for God and just turn to God in a, an hour of emergency and expect God to come through for you. No, I believe this, that if you'll go with God and you'll follow God and you'll obey God in your life, when there is a need in your life, He will be Jehovah Jireh. He will supply your need. I think about Philippians 4, 19. We quote that verse so often. My God shall supply your need according to His riches and glory. Do you realize that that statement there was made in the context of a church at Philippi reaching out to the church at Macedon in a time of need. They were giving out of their own need in their life to help someone else that was in a time of need. And God said, because of your generosity and because of your service to me, I will supply your need. It's always based upon being in the right place. I've found this through the years. That if I have, as, as I have obeyed God and as I have served God and as I've honored God in my life, that when I had needs in my life, that I could trust God and He would be my Jehovah Jireh. But it's in the right place. Are you with me now? Say amen. Look at the third thing. Not only does God provide the right thing and provide in the right place, but I like this. He provides at the right time. He provided for Abraham what he needed. And he provided for Abraham what he needed when he needed it. Now listen to me. Here was Abraham now. He had his knife raised in the air. And he was about to do an unprecedented thing when it came to the people of God. Child sacrifices were not unusual in those days in pagan countries. But never had God ever said to somebody, take your child. And it was more than just putting his son to sleep. He was offering him as a burnt offering, the most gory form of sacrifice known to man. And what God was asking Abraham to do was very, very uh, unusual. He was asking Abraham if Abraham was to follow the normal procedures of offering a burnt offering. The first thing that he would do would be cut the throat of his son and drain the blood from his son's body. And then he would flay, as the scripture uses, or as we would say, skin the body. 
strip his body of its skin, and then carefully dissect that body into sections, not just a hacking away, but cutting it in a prescribed order as laid down by God, and then carefully placing that in a certain order upon the altar, and then watching the fire consume that body, and then taking the ashes and carrying them out and burying them in a separate place. That's what God was asking Abraham to do. Cut your son's throat, skin his body, cut his body out, and burn it to ashes. But here he comes, and as he's got his hand raising the air with a knife, ready to plunge it in the throat of his son, God stops him. And at that very hour, God provided what he needed, a ram caught in the thicket. I want you to know, God is never early, but he's never late. And whatever your need is, God will provide your need, and he'll provide your need when you need it. Now, you remember that. A lot of times we want to rush God and push God, but I want you to know God knows more about me and life, and He works on the timetable. I love Hebrews 4, 12. It's talking about in time and uh, seek God come to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace in the time of need. That phrase, in the time of need, literally means in the nick of time. Now, He may come in at the last second, but God will always come in. And God will always provide your need. He's not committed to my timetable. He's not committed to how I want it done. He's not committed to when I want it done. But he is committed to his own timetable and his own ways and his own word. And you can mark it down. God is always on time. Now listen to me. You have a need in your life tonight? Then I want you to realize your heavenly Father is also your Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. He is your God that will provide. Now, are you in the right place? Are you aware God can provide for you? Are you is your life given to God? Are you living for God? Are you serving God? Are you honoring God? Are you in the place? Then I want you to understand something. That God will keep His promises. And God will keep His word. And somewhere in the right time, God will provide your need. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it too many times. There's no use even trying to discourage me or convince me otherwise. I've seen him do it too many times. I've seen him come through in the midnight hour. I've seen him come through at the last minute. But he's always come through. He's Jehovah Jireh. You remember that. He is a God that provides. Take your prayer sheet. Look at it tonight. We're going to gather around the altar and pray and ask the Spirit of God to work these things in our heart and bring our needs to God. But you do so, we want to pray now for our missionary of the week. I want us to, our missionary of the week is Graham Forbes. Many of you remember Brother Graham. He's a little fellow from Scotland. And he is going back, leaving for Scotland in September. And with Baptist International Missions, let's remember the Forbes family and let's be praying for them and asking God to bless them. Our Church of the Week is Rock of Ages Baptist Church in Boonville, North Carolina. This is where Brother Eddie Killian is at. Many of you have asked me about Jill. I was with Brother Eddie uh, a couple of weeks ago. We preached together in a service up in Tullahoma, Tennessee. And, and Jill is doing real good and uh, got to see her. And uh, I shared with her that many of you had asked about her. And, of course, Eddie is from this church and different things. But let's remember... Uh, Brother Eddie tonight, Jill and the children, let's be praying for them and asking the Lord to bless them. 
And then our hospital is tonight, Bonnie Gross. This is Frank Shirley's mother. And she's doing, he's doing, she's doing much better. I want to continue to pray for her. Then Irma Whitfield, that was supposed to move her today, but they didn't get to move her. But most likely she'll be going to the Fort Oglethorpe Healthcare uh, when she gets out memorial. And then uh, Doris Myers, Sandy's mom, she may have went home this afternoon or tomorrow. And then Le- Le- LeBron Morrow's grandfather, Dallas Morrow, has had heart surgery. We want to remember him. Miss Hubbard is at Tri-County Hospital and, and want to be praying for her. And then Juanita Warnick, uh, she's back at Huntsville. Sharon and I drove down to Huntsville last night to see her. She'll be having surgery tomorrow. They'll be putting a feeding tube in. So let's remember Juanita and be praying for her. Also, Carolyn Bokina is here tonight. She's going to Memorial tomorrow. She's going to be having knee surgery, having both of her knees done tomorrow. So let's remember Carolyn. She'll be at Memorial. And then many of you uh, know about Raymond and Mary Ruth. They had a water pipe that busted and their whole house has been flooded. It busted Sunday while they were here in church. And so they're having, they've had to move out and they're going to be out of their house for six or seven, eight weeks. And they've got to just strip it out and do it all over again. Just a lot of damage. So be praying for them. Special request given to me tonight for the family of Doris Shaw. This is a lady that uh, shot her husband, then took her own life. This happened yesterday. I want to be praying for this family. Also, a special request for Dakota Crow, an 18-month-old that had uh, bone marrow. Really pray for them. I want Right, Peggy. Peggy Fall, remember a few years ago, her brother had the heart transplant, and he's had several good years, uh, but uh, he is not doing good now. He's in the hospital in Birmingham, I think UAB, and so let's remember them. Any other special prayer requests before we gather around the altar to pray? Anybody anything special tonight? All right, let's come together around the altar. Let's do three things. Let's pray for the Forbes family. Let's pray for Brother Killian and his church in Boonville, North Carolina. And also, let's pray tonight. Come and tell God he's your Jehovah Jireh. Tell him about your needs. He will provide the right thing in the right place at the right time. So I want you to come, and I want you to bring your needs to God. Let's pray now for Sunday. Uh, Sunday school is up, and we want you to keep on working, bringing folks into Sunday school through August and September. We emphasize the family again this week in our home improvement series on Sunday morning. As soon as this service is over, those that like to go to the Family Life Center in the middle room, we continue this video series by Dennis Rainey on building your mate's self-esteem. It's a class for couples or anybody that would like to go, members, visitors. It's open free at no cost to anyone that want to want to go over there. And you can slip out after the service and go over there for that. Plus, all things are going on. Let's pray that God will bless and let's pray that the Lord will move. So let's all join our hearts together. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for Graham Forbes. We're so thankful, Lord, that you are sending him back to the UK. God, you know the spiritual condition of that country. Whether it be in Scotland or whether it be in England or Wales or Northern Ireland. God, you know the spiritual desolation is there. And you know the spiritual need that exists. I pray, Lord, that you bless Graham as he goes back. That you'd place him where you'd want him to be and use him, Lord, in his work there among his own people. Touch him and anoint him and bless him. I pray, Lord, for that country, for the United Kingdom, that God, you'd bless it with revival. And there'd be a moving of the Spirit of God. It is a land of great revival and histories of revival god would you do it for them once again much of what we enjoy we owe 
to the spiritual influence of the UK. So I pray tonight that you bless Graham Forbes. Pray for Brother Eddie, for his family, for his church in Boonville. That God, you be with him. And I pray you bless the work there. And I pray, God, that you'd give him guidance and wisdom. And Father, keep his heart encouraged as he serves there. Bless Jill. Thank you for taking care of her. And I pray, Lord, you continue to touch her physically and to meet every need that she has. But I pray, Lord, for that area there that you'd do something special. And God, that you'd bless there in that part of the Carolina. So, Lord, bless. And then, Lord, for our church family, those in the hospital, pray for Carolyn tomorrow as she has surgery and in the days to come as she recovers. We pray for Juanita tomorrow as she has surgery. And I pray, Lord, that you'd use this to rebuild her strength. And I pray you'd touch her. For all the needs of our folks, thank you for those who've got to go home. I pray you continue to be with them. Those that are still there, maybe get to go home next day or so, bless them. Whatever the need, I pray you bless. Father, we can come to you in prayer because you are Jehovah Jireh. And we can come to you and bring our petitions to you, knowing and believing according to the authority of your word that you'll provide. And so, Father, provide and meet these needs and work in them. Father, for every need in this building tonight, provide it. If it's a financial need, provide it. If it's a, an emotional need, provide it. Whatever the need is, Father, you are God. And I pray that you would, God, manifest yourself as the God that will provide in every life. God bless tomorrow night as our faith classes continue and the faith teams that go out. Bless that. On the Lord's Day, Father, help every teacher and every class to work to get folk in Sunday school. Bless the services. Continue to bless the morning services as we continue seeking to build our homes and improve our marriages. So I pray you bless on the Lord's Day. Sunday night, everything that's going on, I pray God you bless here for the glory of God. You are a God that provides. We've seen that. And for therefore, we know that you'll provide in the future if we'll stay in the mount of God. So thank you again for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Be sure to get by and meet Brother Holly and let him know you're going to be praying for him. Also, Brother Terry Jones and all the other visitors. Get by and let them know how glad we are to have them and thank them for being with us tonight.